So what do you think of this week's episode? I think this is rather interesting. And as a matter of fact, somebody just tweeted me something and it has to do with people of being afraid of technology. Uh, this woman, uh, her name is Samantha, says, I heard you talk about someone's iPhone being locked up for some crazy amount of time. My daughter locked mine. Uh, because if, you know, she, I guess she gave the phone to her, her, her kid and the kid, it was the lock screen. So she's banging in numbers on the lock screen and Apple is saying, no, try again, no, try again, no, try again, because she's not getting the, the, uh, the security code. So she tweeted me a picture. <laughs> so, iPhone is disabled. Try again in 23,574,920 minutes. That's a bit of a wait. <laughs> it, yeah, it is. From the headquarters of Geeks and Beats magazine, simulcast on shortwave radio and Citizens Band 14, this is the world's most popular podcast with Alan Cross and Michael Hainsworth, featuring musical guest Sting. Technology that scares us. We'll look at why one smart speaker has been randomly cackling in the corner of your kitchen. We'll look at a gene editing technology you can buy off Amazon.com. And we'll tell you about a startup that wants to upload your mind to the cloud. But there's a tiny catch. Plus, a technology that can replicate your voice with just one minute's worth of it. And now, Alan Cross and Michael Hainsworth. I talked to my wife about this. She says, what's the topic of the show this week? She said, I said, technology that scares us. And she goes, well, for me, that'd be everything. And she's not wrong because absolutely all technology terrifies her. The only thing that she's managed to master is our TiVo. And she's a whiz when it comes to creating one passes and, and uh, recording programs and searching for things. Hey, hang on, back up. Did you say TiVo? Yeah. Uh, in my part of the world, uh, my cable company is Kojiko, and their smart TV box is TiVo. It's an actual TiVo-branded thing. It's not like you're just some old man using some antiquated language for a DVR. No, and in, in the battle of the, the TV boxes, uh, Kojiko has licensed technology from TiVo, so I have an actual TiVo with the actual TiVo remote and uh, all the noises that it makes. So, yes. TiVo was my first introduction to the term first mover advantage. How? Why? First mover advantage often turns out not to be an advantage for the first mover. Prime example would be Netscape Navigator and Mosaic as the web browsers of choice back in the early days before we had what we have now in Google Chrome and Safari and Firefox. Netscape Navigator doesn't really exist. Neither does Mosaic for that matter. And then TiVo in the personal video recorder, PVR or DVR category, same sort of thing. These guys invented the channel skip feature and then ended up getting their heads handed to them, not only by the recording industry in Hollywood broadly, but by copycats. Yeah, you know, I was a first mover on a bunch of things. Uh, home Wi-Fi, I spent thousands on home Wi-Fi that was really spotty and slow. There were, at one point, I had uh, a base station uh, that was supposed to broadcast my computer throughout the house. I had the antennas physically touching, and it said that could not find the, uh, the, the uh, base station. 
It's just ridiculous. Uh, Again, if you want to be first in anything, you are going to pay for it. And chances are you're going to end up throwing throwing out all the stuff that you bought. Which is why I didn't have a problem dropping a couple of bucks on an Amazon Alexa, figuring that this little box for a hundred bucks or so would give me some insight into the future of smart home technology. Because I was under the impression that smart home technology was all about panels on your wall and things like that. But I, I think the industry has largely leapfrogged the, that idea and gone straight to the voice activation. So if I want to turn the lights down in my living room, I just tell my smart box to do that and it listens and it responds hello computer just use the keyboard the keyboard how quaint yeah i didn't see voice activation technology coming at all i thought it was all going to be panels on the wall and everything had to either be hardwired or with some kind of you know zigbee or similar type proprietary wireless connection. Now, you know, you, you go to Best Buy, you buy one of these things for $149, and all of a sudden you can wire together your entire house with any kind of wires at all. And all you have to do is, t- is, is talk to it. I think the weirdest thing about, about um, okay, here's a technology that frightens me, is what is, this is totally irrational, what is my smart speaker going to think of me when I ask it dumb questions? Well, this was what triggered the whole idea of doing the show on technology that scares us. And I think scares us has a whole bunch of different meanings to it, not the least of which is when your Alexa out of nowhere just starts laughing. Alexa, replay. (laughs) Yeah, that was a weird one. That had to do with the fact that there was a bug in the software that if... Alexa heard anything that even remotely sounded like Alexa laugh, even if it was slurred, even was uh, had nothing. It was not those two words put together. It would it would cackle, which was which was weird. They fixed that since. Well, that's what they tell us was the reason for the problem in the first place. Oh, do you think there's something more nefarious? Like 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 Amazon was actually laughing at you? <laughs> exactly. Right. Like it was actually actively listening in on the conversation. I, admittedly, no, I don't think that it was as nefarious as that. But it did bring back full circle the idea of back in the 1970s, we were all worried about the government listening in on our conversations and eavesdropping and tapping our telephone lines. Now we drop these personal eavesdropping devices into our houses of our own volition to let these companies, these third-party companies in the middle of nowhere we don't know anything truly about, listen in on every word that's coming out of our mouth. Well, it's pretty dystopian, but you're not wrong. Uh, I mean, you have cell phones that track you know, where you, your, your location at every single moment that you have the thing with you. You've got these devices in your house voluntarily that could be listening in on you. And uh, you've got computers with cameras that could be watching you. So, you know, that's a bit tinfoil hat, but I can understand why people are a little bit concerned about it. Amber Healy at GeeksAndBeats.com writes that after Congress in the United States voted last year to allow Internet service providers to spy on and sell your customer Internet usage data, we had all been warned that the ISPs would sell our browsing activity, our records of what we do on the computers and smartphones. And of course, now that extends into uh, things that we never thought of before, like smart devices in your home, a TV that connects to the Internet 
internet, an Amazon-like device that's listening to every word you're saying but claiming it doesn't. I, there are scales in your bathroom that are Wi-Fi connected now. I have one, a Withing scale. I have one. But are you concerned at all that at some point they're going to sell that data to somebody who's going to know, not specifically you, Alan Cross, but people in general? Well, uh, we find that people tend to check their weight between this time and this time. Therefore, we are going to target our advertising on this particular topic to this particular time of day with this specific demographic and that uh, you are just finding you are giving people one more way to sell you something. Well, I'll give you something better than that. I kind of liked at three o'clock every afternoon to watch Jerry Springer. I have a, a TV monitor above my desk, and I put it on at 3 o'clock to, to begin to wind down my day and to make me feel better about myself because <laughs> no matter how bad a day I'm having, it's not as bad as the people on Jerry Springer. If somebody is actually monitoring my TV watching and sees that I'm watching a TV show like Jerry Springer with – advertising that has, uh, you know, talks about, you know, structured settlements and, uh, you know, uh, class action lawsuits against things like uh, bad drugs and, and, and bad, uh, uh, surgical procedures and you know maybe I'm going to go to one of these part-time schools in the evening to get learn to become a dental technician and all that sort of stuff what if, if they gather that information on me or somebody gathers that information on me what is it going to mean when it comes to to trying to sell me stuff elsewhere or is that going to impact on my insurance rates at some point because well you're watching this program it must be that you're at home disabled and not working uh, because why else would you be tuning into jerry springer at three o'clock on a monday afternoon that calls back to black mirror i'm sure you saw that episode uh, where in the not too distant future our social media profile is amalgamated into a number a, a figure that represents us in our popularity and success in the world and that um, companies had started using that figure, that number, to determine certain things. So as she's looking for a new apartment, uh, they say, oh, well, we'd be more inclined to rent it to you if your social media figure was this number, not that number. And so she spends the episode desperately trying to raise her social media profile so she can get a discount on an apartment. Standard occupancy on a minimum six-month contract. We're talking... This much. How often are the payments? That's weekly. Okay. <laughs> A little more than expected. <sighs> There's options. You know our Prime Influencers Program? Do I qualify for that? No, no you don't. We'd need you around a 4.5. 4.5. Hit 4.5 and there's a 20% discount. Okay, now let's talk about social media. I mean, you've you've probably seen the stories about Cambridge Analytica. Yes. Over the last couple of days. That's frightening. Now, if for people who don't know what happened, is that there's this company in the UK that came up with this algorithm that managed to um, harvest certain behavioral data from millions upon millions of Facebook users. And they scrape this data using nefarious means. And then they use this data to manipulate elections. They used it in the U.S. election in 2016. They used it as part of the Brexit thing in, uh, this, when was that, whenever that was. Uh, they tested it on a Nigerian election. They tested it on some other stuff in the, in, the, in the Caribbean. So what they ended up doing was taking your social media profile, all your likes, all your dislikes, all your connections, all your friends and everything, and, and putting that into this big soup 
from which they were able to tease data, which they then used against you in, ter- in ways to manipulate you and your opinion and your actions. That's terrifying. And it's put Facebook on the hot seat in a very big way. They claim that they didn't know that this was going on and that the 50 million uh, people that were in the United States that had their data sucked out by this uh, British-based outfit that was actually had Steve Bannon behind it and Americans. Oh, the Mercer family, yeah. The Mercer family was the one that funded the thing uh, as the offshoot to the British operation. And Steve Bannon was actively in, involved in that as well. This is this is why I'm, I'm completely freaked out by Facebook. I, I, I post stuff to Facebook, but I don't live on Facebook because uh, it, it's you find it. I find it very weird how eerily uh, how eerily accurate some of the uh, the, the, the the ads are that pop up on my feed. And I, I, you know, they're looking, obviously they're parsing the data somehow and determining exactly what kind of ads to feed me. Um, and it's, it's happening now on, do you ever, do you ever use Flipboard? No, I don't, but, but I'm, I'm telling you, I don't think that this is as smart as you might think it is. I clicked on an ad on Facebook for this company that made custom footwear and now every bloody ad I've got. I know I'm getting, I'm getting the same thing. This, this is where I'm coming with, with a Flipboard. I saw these, these shoes called CVs. And I need a pair of travel shoes, something I can, you know, get a uh, slip off at security, something I can slip off on the plane, something that's going to be comfortable for for a long distance travel. And I clicked on one ad for CVs. How do you, is it CV? I, I got to look this up. What kind of shoes? Uh, S E A V E E S. Okay, shoes. All right, They're just casual shoes. Because I'm, I'm worried for you because, you know, I, I'm worried you're, you're moving into Crocs territory or something. No, 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 no. Oh, no, no, no. These, these are nice. Yeah, yeah. They don't ship to Canada. Yeah, I know. So, but now everywhere I go, I'm being served up for with ads for CVs. And the problem is that they... I, I tried to buy some because I had a little bit of money in a PayPal account. Okay, $68 US, I can handle that. So I tried to order some. Oh, can't because they won't ship to Canada. Okay, fine, no problem. I'll go someplace else to get my, my travel shoes. But now every time I sign on online, there is an ad demanding that I buy or look at some CVs. And I know I could clear all my cookies and I, I understand that. And I do have um, all kinds of malware and spyware uh, stuff on my computer that that strips this stuff away but when i'm on my ipad or when i'm on my iphone lots of cv ads have you ever tried something called reship because this is a company that will allow you to give an online merchant an american address that then gets bounced to a canadian address no well i'd have to try that because there's a lot of stuff on amazon that i've tried to buy for you know gifts that, oh, sorry, it won't ship to Canada. I, I may have to try that. Yeah, it's uh, five bucks to sign up. And then every time you ship something uh, to them, it's five dollars to handle it uh, and a couple of extra bucks uh, as well. But it sounds like the kind of thing that would uh, help you out. Yeah, well, it would, because uh, there's there's so much stuff that you just can't get shipped to Canada for whatever reason, especially weirdly enough, toys. Uh, I try to buy a whole bunch of toys for some some relatives for Christmas, but for whatever reason, thanks to copyright, thanks to territorial restrictions, they just won't send to Canada. Ever wanted to be a big shot co-producer? It's just like Hollywood. Visit geeksandbeats.com to learn how you can pad your resume with an exciting show credit. We'll even send you the album cover of your episode, suitable for framing in your parents' basement. 
Can I talk about another piece of technology that scares the crap out of me? And I'm legitimately f- frightened of this. That would be. Have you heard of Liar Bird? Liar Bird. Yeah. L-Y-R-E Bird. <gasps> oh, yeah. So you found out you just hit it. Create a digital copy of your voice. Yes. All you have to do is speak for one minute and then Liar Bird will clone your voice so that someone can make you say Whatever they want. There was also a division of Baidu, the Chinese search engine people. They've got this thing happening now. So you can. So, so it's it's out there uh, in, in the wild, this ability of creating fake voices. Wow. This terrifies me. Absolutely terrifies me. I think the one, the Baidu one is, I think it's called Deep Voice. It's, and what it is, it's natural speech to text for production. So if you type something in and it has sampled your voice somehow, you can make anybody say anything. So, you know, this is perfect tinfoil hat stuff for for Donald Trump. He says, oh, I didn't say that thing on the bus about uh, grabbing people's, you know, what's. That was some sort of manipulation of my voice that sounded like me, but it wasn't me. Yeah, that is pretty creepy stuff. What could possibly go wrong with people having the ability to make anyone say anything they wanted? Speaking of which, the death of Stephen Hawking. Did you know that voice box that he used was not his voice? Well, of course it wasn't his voice. It was a synthesized voice. No, actually, it was not a synthesized voice. A colleague of his at the Cambridge University contacted an American company called Word Plus, which had developed a program to let users select words using a hand clicker. And so Martin King fed his voice into the system to give to his colleague, Stephen Hawking. I would like to thank Yuri Milner for founding these prizes. To recognize outstanding work that may not qualify for the Nobel Prize, because it is very difficult or impossible to confirm experimentally. That doesn't sound like a real voice. That sounds like a synthesized voice. What are you talking about? It was the early 1980s. It was a synthesized version of the actual guy's voice using his actual voice. Well, you know, that's that's always kind of bothered me because Stephen Hawking would have access to all kinds of technology that should have allowed for something a little bit more realistic when he wanted to talk. But you're telling me it's because a friend of his actually, what he was, he was... He was attached to that voice? He was. He felt that because it had been used so early on in his life, um, that it would be weird to change it. Intel came along as well in 1997 and improved the computer-based system and upgraded it again in 2014 so it was faster and easier for him to communicate because uh, the ALS meant he was degrading that much more quickly. But the one thing they did not do was change the actual voice, just the technology that made the voice possible in the first place. No. Originally, he activated it using a switch with his hand that could produce 15 words a minute. And so lectures were prepared in advance and sent to the speech synthesizer in short sections to be delivered. But over time, he just degraded to the point where uh, they were using uh, his chin and, and his eye tracking to do all of this kind of stuff. Hmm. Okay. Well, that's interesting. And I guess now that I think about it and you're talking me through it, I guess that that sound was so identifiable with him. Why would he change it? Exactly. Okay. Uh, Okay. So let's, let's create a liar bird account and see what happens. Okay. Go ahead. 
you still have to read at least 30 sentences before being able to create your digital voice. Please click Start Recording, read the following text, and click on Stop Recording. It to use your microphone, yes. I gotta figure some way out of this thing. Okay. It upload failed. Okay, let's try it again. So what do you want me to have my digital voice say? I don't know. We should probably have it say something that we know it's not you. For example, why don't we have you say, hey, I really like dogs because I have no allergies whatsoever. I do really like dogs, though. I know you like dogs, but you can't come over to our house because we have two dogs and you would die. You would go into some sort of anaphylactic shock. And, and here's me actually saying that. Hey, I really like dogs because I have no allergies whatsoever. And hit generate. Hey, I really like dogs because I have no allergies whatsoever. Whoa, it's close. <laughs> it's not bad. It's, it sounds like a really bad telephone line. Oh, okay. Officially freaked out, mind blown. This is bad news. This is really bad news. You think that's creepy? Uh, did you see this technology that scares geeks and beats Derek Dresser? CRISPR? No, what's that? You can go to Amazon.com and for about $200, buy a kit that allows you to edit your genes. Genetics. What can it mean? The ability to perfect the physical and mental characteristics of every unborn child. Ooh, I see a lot of people are doing this biohacking thing. In fact, I was talking to my wife about this and about some of the guys in Silicon Valley who are doing some really dangerous things with, with their bodies. In the not-too-distant future... Our DNA will determine everything about us. A minute drop of blood, saliva, or a single hair determines where you can work, who you should marry, what you're capable of achieving. Or at least I think they're, they're dangerous because they're actually trying to reprogram themselves on a, on a physical level. There are ethical concerns, of course, that come with the genome editing using technologies such as CRISPR, which, of course, is an acronym, and, and I can't remember off the top of my head what it is. Uh, most of the changes, though, using this technology, because CRISPR is a, a technology for editing genome, uh, the genome is um, limited to what they call somatic cells. So there are cells in your body that are anything other than an egg or a sperm cell. Uh, so it'll only affect certain tissues and it's not passed down from one generation to the next. But if you applied it to egg or sperm cells in the embryo, you could pass that on to future generations. Okay, now that's... <laughs> there are some things that amateurs should just not be playing with. And it's available on Amazon. And there's like additional packs and all sorts. Like you could set up your own freaking home lab. Can I... Just talk about something else that's really bothering me. The the idea of sex bots. I'm, I mean, we, <laughs> no, no. Hey, just how wait. many episodes of this season has it been since you you talked about sex bots? It's been a while, but I've been reading things about what do we do with people who want to buy sex bots that are designed and programmed for aberrant behavior, and I'm thinking of children. What do we do about sex bots? that are specifically designed for pedophiles. 
That's terrifying. Uh, I'm sure law enforcement is addressing those issues. It's not exactly the kind of thing that Joe Average wants to think about. I, I'm sure it isn't. But again, you can see where technology can lead us. It can. We can. I mean, I'm all for tech. We wouldn't be doing this podcast if you and I weren't big fans of all kinds of gadgets and the things that you can do with machinery and software and computers and everything else. I mean, we love this stuff, but there there is a dark side to it. And I ran across an article just this past week where somebody was saying, okay, Sex bots are, are here and they're going to get better. But what do we do about the ones that insist on uh, that, that are designed for people who are into distinctly sociopathic or, or deviant behavior? 50,000 entries on what quite possibly is a very inappropriate thing to be typing into Google laws about child sex bots. Uh, according to gizmodo.com, Forbes has this piece uh, from reporter at Kashmir Hill asking how we deal ethically with this and spoke to uh, Georgia Tech's mobile robot lab director, Ron Arkin. And Arkin says he doesn't approve, of course, of this for recreational use, but he would like to see them for research purposes, saying that research should be done to test the effectiveness of them as a treatment, much like the way you would use methadone as a treatment for drug addicts. Oh, I tell you what you do is you wire them up with electricity about 80,000 volts and put them in a room with one of these dolls and let them let them have it. <laughs> what is this talk radio suddenly? <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh well, th th thanks for going down that rabbit hole. I, listen, I'm I'm just saying that that the I don't know who came up with this particular topic, but there, like I said, there's a lot of things that really really frighten me about technology. In the wrong hands, this stuff could be terribly abused, and you know what human nature is like. Somebody somewhere is going to find a dark use for the coolest thing, and that's just an example and something you know from an ethical point of view from a technological point of view from a legal point of view from from a moral point of view that we're going to have to look after look at would you be willing to upload the contents of your brain as a means of cheating death okay are we talking um altered carbon type stuff your body is not who you are you shed it like a snake sheds its skin. You transfer the human consciousness between bodies to live eternal life. How long have I been down? 250 years. What we're talking about is Nectomy. MIT's technology review is reporting on a startup accelerator that has pitched a mind uploading service that they themselves will flat out tell you is guaranteed 100% fatal. Yes, I've read about this. Why would you? Okay, maybe if you're on your deathbed, maybe if you're a terminal cancer patient or something and you want to save your mind for something okay but for everybody else i don't think so it is 100 fatal because of the nature of this high-tech embalming process so to your point it is generally reserved for those who know that their lives are ending anyway and as a matter of fact there's a waiting list to get on the program 
And it's $10,000 to get on the waiting list, right? Right. Fully refundable if you change your mind, mind you. Mm. 25 people have already shelled out that cash just to get on the waiting list, including a 32-year-old man uh, who is one of the creators of uh, the program, Sam Altman. He tells MIT Technology Review he's pretty sure minds will be digitized in his lifetime. He says, I assume my brain will be uploaded to the cloud. Which brings us right back to your point about Altered Carbon, which is a fascinating Netflix series. It is. It it really is cool, Um, but it's also very frightening because it shows how this is a very expensive technology and maybe only the very rich, uh, including the very rich criminals, could afford it. Yes, it creates this idea that the wealthy would be the ones who would most likely only be able to afford to have their brains essentially backed up on what is a disc embedded in your spinal column. Right. And when you die, they take the disc out and they put it in a new body, which they call a sleeve. Right. Because 300 years of this technology has meant that we don't consider our bodies to be us anymore. And you can jump in and out of different bodies if you've got enough money. But the 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 sort of catch-22, the, the snowball effect is that if you are insanely wealthy already and you can never die, you are just going to become that much wealthier, that much more powerful until you create this bifurcated society where the wealthy live in the clouds above the hellscape that's been created by our lack of environmental concern. And then the rest of us below the clouds in this dystopian New York City, Gotham-like world world where um, you have to actually make sure that you sign a document that says, if I die, I don't want my chip to be put in a new sleeve. Yeah. And and this is the whole idea behind the singularity where we're all going to be uploaded to the cloud and our consciousness will continue on regardless of, of what happens to our physical being. This is why I don't buy into the Star Trek transporter. My argument is, is that once my specific brain ceases to function, even if all of the little ones and zeros that make up the electrical pathways in my neurons can be saved and then put into another brain... That looks like me, speaks like me, sounds like me, talks like me, has attitudes that I have is for all intents and purposes me. It's not actually me. I'm dead. Yeah. Something that looks like me is walking around talking just like me. Capella. Yes, sir. What was the problem down there? He insisted we go first, sir. Said something about first seeing how it scrambled our molecules. That's a familiar ring, isn't it? Damn it, Jim, I'm a doctor. I don't want to have my atoms scattered around the universe. Exactly. London, Bangkok, New York, Cincinnati. From the worldwide headquarters of Geeks and Beats magazine, this is a GNB News Update. So Geeks and Beats writer Shane Alexander uh, fired us off an internal email amongst the group asking if any of us knew anything about VR headsets, those those low-end ones you slide your smartphone into. Uh, and I finally found out why he was so curious, because... WWE is coming to a VR headset near you. Of course it is. That's the perfect use for it. Isn't it amazing? I think it's great because you could be ringside watching everything happen from any kind of angle. That would be very cool. I I probably would get back into wrestling, which I haven't been into since the 90s. (laughs) 
uh, if I if I could actually sit next to the ring and 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 see this stuff firsthand in three D. Hey, hang on, wait a backup. Since the nineties, in the nineties, you were still a full fledged grown up. I was, but I understood that I did some work for the WWF when they were still called that uh, back in the 90s when WrestleMania was at its peak. And it was I was sucked in by the by the event of the whole thing. Not that I believed any of it, but I loved the idea of the event, the larger than life storylines and all the rest. Well, WWE, according to Shane, is amazing in virtual reality. Next VR is the company that uh, has the app that makes it possible. And the experiences are expected to be about 10 minutes and available for free to wwe fans around the world makes sense uh wrestling is 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 always looking for a way to enhance the experience so good for them the the, the thing about the, the the vr when it comes to this low-end thing where you slide your smartphone in is it's it's really low end it's really low quality and it's not walk aroundable either you're literally sitting seated uh, in, in a, a single position. If you get up and walk around, the motion in the environment gets up and moves with you as well. Uh, so it's yeah. very, very different. Uh, but there seem to be at this point with that low end, only real two strong use cases for low-end VR, and that is uh, video games and, well, of course, as you know, porn. Sex bot like porn. Yeah. Uh, Perry Farrell, who used to be with Jane's Addiction and Porno for Pyros, and also the founder or the co-founder of Lollapalooza, is uh, launching. I guess it's this week a one hundred million dollar VR thing in Las Vegas, and I've heard little bits and pieces about it, and it sounds like it's pretty cool. Um, I'll, I'll keep an eye on this and report back if it's at all interesting. You don't have much of an interest in VR? I don't because I I, I still have a hard time focusing my eyes on, on the action around me. Uh, it's still, the, the, the latency bothers me, although it's getting much better. The low-end stuff has absolutely no interest for me. And I don't like wearing the big heavy goggles like you have in your basement. So I'm going to wait until the technology has advanced to a point where I'm comfortable wearing the goggles and I don't get knocked when I'm moving around a room. Should we get Liarbird to end this episode? Yeah, make it say something, or rather, make it make you say something to end the episode. That's it for this week's show. If you'd like to support us, go to geeksandbeats.com and click the support the show link. You can join the world's worst intern program where you pay us a dollar to work on the show, don't do any actual work, and all we do is pocket the cash and say thank you. Wow. Catch all new episodes of Geeks and Beats Wednesdays on iTunes. And watch for Geeks and Beats magazine on a newsstand near you. To be part of next week's show, call area code 323-319-NERD. Follow the stories on Twitter or Facebook. And get your dose of Geeks and Beats anytime at geeksandbeats.com. The Geeks and Beats podcast would like to thank the National Science Foundation.